She likes a podcast where you listen to this about talk about life, news, and anything interesting. Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of the She Likes Podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. Today, we're going to be talking about what should a person in their 20s start as soon as possible. This was a very popular question raised on Reddit. Reddit is essentially an online forum where people share news, people talk about things that they are interested in, things can get upvoted if they are interesting, people agree with that, and you know, it's just all around like a social slash forum kind of platform and people also ask questions about things that they are interested in and in this case this person asks what should a person in their 20s should start as soon as possible so basically i will go through all the comments here the top comments and i will just discuss them and hopefully these comments will be relevant to you what happened here is that you know all these people who are experienced usually older people will come in and they will just comment and share their experiences because only when you reach like 30 plus 40 plus years old then you will start feeling the repercussions of not doing things in your 20s right and essentially this was what happened where a lot of these people are, tend to be older they are providing advice in hindsight the kind of advice that you really need so the first comment that was really outvoted by a lot of people was by this person called Ludwig the person said hobbies you can do alone so essentially what he means is that you know you should start a hobby that you can do alone so there's a couple of ways to interpret this right it could mean that you know solo hobbies where you just do alone like you play games alone or it could be hobbies where you don't have to kind of coordinate with your friends you can just go out of your way maybe go volunteer at a dog shelter you can do it alone as well even though it is still kind of a team kind of activity right where you are working with people there so i will assume that it covers all of these activities here things you can do alone really truly alone and things you can do you know going somewhere else where you don't really require your friend you don't have to schedule with them because at the end of the day your friends are not going to be around with you all the time after school after uni it's going to be tough man they have their partner they have their wife they have their children hence i think it makes sense to have hobbies you can do alone right playing games alone or just going volunteering and i think this is very useful here because you start these hobbies early right then you can kind of figure out what you are really interested in and what you are really not that interested in and how much time you can afford to do all these things right and when you start these things early you also kind of build a network i mean besides university you have you know university you can build your friendships you can build your uh, business network and not all the time you will find all these opportunities there because even though school would allow you to meet a lot of people sometimes you can't find love from university maybe you are just unlucky and perhaps hobbies is a way for you to meet someone that is like-minded that shares similar interests where you can you know create a friendship create a business relationship or create like a romantic relationship and nowadays it seems to be a lot more common recently i just met a friend and just found that he's he found a girlfriend through you know playing games together so essentially what happened was that there was a mutual friend that he had where you know they were playing games together and the mutual friend introduced him to another friend that was playing the same game as well so they played game together they bonded and now he has a relationship so i think in the modern times there's a lot of ways to build these kind of relationships and oftentimes hobbies is the best way right you share similar interests or you can go for volunteering volunteering is probably one of the most popular ways to um build friendship right and also build relationships so there there's so many times where i heard of stories and i even have one story that's, that happened close to me my cousin my cousin met her husband at a social organization i'm not quite sure what they do i remember i remember vaguely it was like tuition for low-income kids 
and that's where they kind of met each other and then they had a relationship and now they are married they have a child now which is perfect so if you are single lonely you can try that it will be very useful to start early on so by the time you know you graduate you at least have something you can do it's not just purely for relationship purposes i think at the end of the day it is also for you to develop as a human being to have some sort of interest to take your mind off work and also to contribute to to society right i mean it doesn't have to contribute to society all the time but to just have some aspects of your life that you do for yourself and also to just keep things fresh keep things new because once you start work right things are going to be a routine you're going to wake up do work go back home watch shows rinse and repeat saturday sunday watch more show once in a while your friend is free you go and hang out with them watch a movie have dinner that's all this is going to be the rest of your life forever and the only way to kind of switch things up without spending a bomb i mean that's why i see on dating app everybody say i like to go traveling i mean besides traveling i mean traveling you're not not all of us are super rich to be able to travel all the time right so hobbies and social kind of activities right provide a way for you to shake things up makes your life more interesting and also develop relationships no matter what the relationship is romantic or not it will be very useful in the future because at the end of the day this kind of support network is very important right as your friends maybe leave you or whatever it is like not really leave you they might become more busy they can't really truly support you because they have a family to feed right you also got other kind of relationship to rely on and the next top comment is dental care the person just says dental care for real you will have your teeth 60 plus years take care of them so i think he made a very interesting point here right he or she made an interesting point here which is your teeth is gonna be your only set of teeth i believe i remember my parents say that a lot of times and maybe your parents also might have said that this is your only set of teeth that you're gonna have after your baby teeth you lose it right and you most likely you already lost it very long ago so this is your only set of adult teeth and if you don't take care of it it's going to drop off nowadays you can just get a replacement right you can put a fake teeth in there but then it's going to cause a bomb i go and check like uh those operations where they replace a teeth for you right uh i, for I forgot what was the name of it root canal surgery or whatever it is i think it's root canal surgery it's so expensive man in singapore it's 2k plus 2k plus you can do a lot of things you can travel overseas you can even travel to japan right now man japan the cost of going to japan and you still got room to use those money right after your flights after your airbnb you still got money left to spend on food the price essentially covers the entire trip so you think about it if you lose so much of your teeth right, you're gonna pay so much money man 2.5 here 2.5 there essentially eventually you'll add up to 10k which is absolutely ridiculous for teeth but you can't have a but you can't have an empty teeth there right you can't have the teeth just drop out and it just sits there not doing anything and even if the teeth drops right there's decay for sure right that's why it, it dropped and then you have to do some operations i mean you can don't replace it maybe it costs cheaper but some operations have to be done to remove that decay tooth because the decay is going to reach your nerve and that's a problem too so you might spend 1k i'm not quite sure what's the price let's assume it's half it's still 1 1.2k and it still costs a lot of money and that's why i think for dental care itself only until recently i really start caring about it because i went to dentist i started getting a bit paranoid in army right my teeth like really started decaying like i think some parts of my teeth was dropping and i got very scared then i started going for dental dental care and then i built like a good habit brushing teeth using floss like 
I last time I never used floss at all. I absolutely hated it. Because you know every time you use floss, right? It feels like your the string is like cutting your gums. And for me, when it comes to dental care every night, brushing your teeth, it feels like a chore, man. I'm one of those people, right? I don't brush for two to five minutes that kind. I just brush very quickly. So I just like, you know, five to ten strokes, I'm done. So left, right, center, done. But then over time I just become more conscious and even if you are too lazy to brush that cleanly, maybe you can find other ways to allow you to do that without wasting so much effort, right? If effort is something that you're lacking. So you can get an electric toothbrush. Electric toothbrush does the cleaning work for you. Okay, you just need to put the toothbrush on your teeth and it just moves, vibrates. And I think it's a lot cleaner than you using your hand and brush it because sometimes you'll miss certain spots. At the same time, you might be too tired to even like, you know, do a deep enough clean. You are not brushing hard enough and in this case the electric toothbrush really save a lot of effort and time you just put there and leave it there and just put at different corners and you're done and flossing is also another thing right you just need to like eventually learn how to floss i think a lot of people don't really floss that's all right if they don't want to floss but for me i'm flossing because i believe that it varies from people to people different people their mouth right their chemical or whatever it is 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 different I was visiting the then the dentist like like to do my regular checkup. Then every time I visit, right, there's always decay one. Then I ask the person, how come I keep getting decay? I floss, I brush my teeth. But then other people, they brush their teeth and they don't floss. But they don't have decay one. Eh? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they don't share. But then she said like maybe it's because of your saliva. Then it, it makes it easier to to just decay, just the way, the nature of your mouth. Then I was like, what? And then I think, think about it. Hey, actually it might be true because it could be a hereditary thing. My parents and my, you know, my father and my mother, like they brush teeth, they don't really floss. Compared to other parents, they also do that. But their teeth, right, decay way faster than others. Their teeth just drop by the time they reach what? late 50s early 60s i'm just blessed with this kind of mouth i suppose and in this case you know i need to take extra care by flossing by brushing and just do my routine checkup like uh, once every six months i i think the biggest problem here right is not just about the not having a teeth but mainly it's just the cost the money i really hate spending money on things that are unnecessary you know when you're older you have to spend all this money that is like even though it feels unnecessary, it is still necessary because it's a health kind of thing, right? And I want to try and defer it and not pay for that. I'd rather die with my full set of teeth and not have any problems at all and not pay a single cent. Yeah, and that's for dental care. Let's move on to the next comment. Okay, this comment, right, is the third highest outvoted one. But this has the most award. This has like, what, 50 plus award, man. People give so much to it. I think this is probably the most comprehensive one because it covers so many important points. A lot of advices being shared by this person. So let me just read through and hopefully this will be useful for you guys. This person's Reddit name is Residual Biscuit. And the person said that, take care of your body, stretch, work on flexibility, mobility, especially in the hips and hamstrings. Also recommend training your pelvic floor as all of these go quickly as you age into your 40s and 50s. Yeah, I think this one, right, is something that I'm hoping I can work on it in the future or very soon, like next year, because I think as far as uh, your body goes, once you reach like near late 20s, it's, it's going downhill and going for gym, exercising is very important to, you know, it helps you increase your bone density it helps you strengthen your muscle because when you don't do that as you grow older your you don't have 
muscle to support your body right then as a very tall person which i am a very tall person you become hunchback i really quite hunchback really and then it's gonna get even more worse and then if you don't gym regularly if you don't exercise your muscle is not strong then all of these things happen as you grow older right so i think partly it's also trying to find time and also just having a real commitment to it like being committed because you know every time i think about it i keep on giving excuses like oh it's too expensive i need to spend money to go to a gym and every time i just look at the expensive ones but you can actually go to the cheaper ones or you can even do outdoor like the out i think playground there they have those like physical training stations you can do also but maybe it's just me i don't want to expose myself to other people i want to just have the privateness and and not having to share things with other people that's why you know i'm just waiting for that for that pay pay jump at least i have the extra money to pay for the gym right because i think if you get a standard gym like anytime fitness is about hundred dollars per month and hundred dollars is yeah essentially paying 1200 per year you know i kind of break it down i go and calculate if i go one time how much would that cost if I go two times, how much would that cost? Only when you go three or more times, right? Then it feels to me it's more justifiable that I'm kind of making money or not really making money, but um getting value out of it. Oh, three times or more, man. I need to commit three times a week, which makes no sense. Absolutely no sense. It's like so much time, man. And I'm just too lazy to go three times. If I go two times, then it's like, it's too little really. You're spending what? Almost $20 per session. And that's very expensive. And then now... Because of these prices, right? Then you kind of shift back a bit. Maybe you go to Active SG. But Active SG is so crowded, you're gonna get COVID sometime soon, or even monkeypox. And you have to deal with like uh, old people, young kids. I mean everybody goes there. So it's it's not just the type of people who go there. It's just the fact that there's a lot of people there that I mean it creates social anxiety and at the same time you need to share all this equipment, which is I guess you can't complain like if you don't have the money to pay for it. You if you don't want if you're not willing to pay for it then this is what you have to deal with. You have to pick your poison. And that is something that I really need to grapple with by the end of the year. And next year, I'm going to start and try and really build up those muscles, build up those bone density and whatever it is. So that by the time I hit 30s, at least the impact is not going to be that much. And the next point the person raised was save. Maybe you don't have enough money to invest, but you can save something. Save it and put it away out of mind just in case. If you can buy a small shitty apartment, eventually you will move out or move in with a partner and you can use that one as capital for a deposit or rent it out at a fair price, please don't be a rat. So I think the person raised a quite important point about saving, right? And it's about shifting mindset because recently I was like watching videos looking at Reddit and it feels like a lot of the people who are working, the way they save is they have 100% of their salary. When they receive it, they put 20% into their savings, maybe another 20% into their expenditure, and then maybe other 20% for your enjoyment, entertainment, leisure, whatever it is, and the remaining is more of like, give your parents. And I think that is quite interesting because why do you want to fix 20% there for savings? I mean, that is what people kind of suggest, right? You see a lot of finance article. I mean, since young, everybody keep on saying, you know, you need to save, and they always recommend like, and just start saving 20% first and I think that was something that I adopted very early on and that definitely helped uh, because you have a fixed number right 20% I save 20% and at least you save that every time if you don't have like a set number then it's harder right then you will spend everything but that is like when I was young 
when I was very young, when I have money and having some and being somebody that doesn't have money when you are very young, right? Suddenly you start working at a part-time job. You get so much money. I spend everything, man. I spend all my money. And the twenty percent definitely helped me kind of like, okay, you you need to save some money there. But then as I grow older, as I learn, as I make mistakes from this, a uh, mindless splurging, right? And I start feeling conscious and when I start thinking about I need to save money to buy like things I want, I need to buy my house, I need to travel overseas for overseas, like you know, study trips and all these things. Then I really shifted my mindset from the 20% saving to saving everything. So essentially the way I look at it now is I get my 100%, I pay my bills, I give my parents whatever much I pay them, and then the rest I save. So whatever expenditure, whatever things I want to buy, is taking out for my savings. So that's how I look at it. And every time I take out for my savings, it hurts, man, because the savings is meant for my house, for my overseas trip, for my big purchases. And when I spend too much and it eats into my savings, it's gonna affect me, lah. And also having a financial goal, maybe hundred k is like your goal, or fifty k, or even ten k for a start, like some whole number, good looking number that you can kind of target towards right having that will be very useful here because when you have that number that whole number that looks very sweet and then you have that mindset of everything is my savings and i'm dipping into my savings when i spend too much when i want to buy extra things both will go hand in hand together to really help you save a lot more because you know when you see that 10k you're about to reach it then you kind of calculate how every month the salary how much you save and you have a charted you have like a timeline right in 12 months, I'm going to reach there if I spend this much. So you are not going to veer off that much because you know that if you veer off, right, then you're going to, you are not going to reach your 10k anymore. And this 10k also has to be tagged to something that is relevant. La, like that thing has to be used to spend, maybe buy a house or some big purchases that is very important. So this one will really help you in terms of saving. Just more of a mentality and perspective change, having goals, having planning things out having a rough plan and the next advice the person gave was drink water okay this one was quite funny he just put two words drink water full stop i mean the rest he shared was like one paragraph one paragraph one paragraph drink water makes a lot of sense i mean drink water is very important i mean you're a human being right you need to drink water i feel that drinking water is very important when you're when you're very young i don't know because i don't think there's a scientific thing going on but just drinking water right would definitely help your body a lot more because i find that my friends who don't drink water they barely drink any water and they drink a lot of soft drinks compared to me who drink a lot of water right and don't drink any soft drink like the complexion the skin right is definitely a lot different and maybe it's a hereditary thing my parents don't have that kind of bad skin but i also have your usual oily skin and whatever it is at one point i stopped using face wash and i just drank a lot of water and it definitely helped i don't know why it's just drinking water and not touching your face i think a few key things i would kind of relate this to more of overall health and skincare right what i did was i drink a lot of water and i don't touch my face and generally i think after puberty right there was no more breakout anymore but i think at the start when you puberty there was a lot of breakout then you keep on touching it then you try to squeeze it then you do a lot of face wash and it ends up making it more worse because i think my face become more dry and i keep on touching it then it becomes more worse then at one point i just stopped doing it really i stopped using face wash i drink a lot more water and i don't touch my face at all and i think not touching your face is quite an important 
or good trick that you should have throughout your life because if you don't touch your face you have less pimple if you don't touch your face you also won't get sick that much and prevents you from getting covid right because that's how people spread when you touch the surface then like you know the disease is there then you touch your face then you get it lah not touching face is quite a a, a useful habit to adopt lah in this case and also i think drinking water definitely help i think naturally your body needs water and when you do that right you tend to get sick way lesser and you also recover a lot quicker and that's how i feel right now because at one point i wasn't drinking a lot of water then i started drinking a lot more everything health related skin related just became a lot better okay that's drinking water the next one the person shared was whatever career path you are thinking of following just do it i was never able to decide now i'm 33 working a bullshit minimum wage nothing job just to pay rent and can't afford to lose the income to go to school which is free in my country no less such a waste if it isn't for you you are young enough to switch to something else Worst case scenario, life experience will serve you well. So I think this really applies to those people who are currently studying uni, right? Whatever you're studying in uni, right? It might matter, it might not matter. And in uni, you have a lot of time. With this time, you can do whatever you want. And when you graduate, right, there's still opportunity there. You don't have to kind of like set on doing the things that you learn. If you study finance, you don't have to work in finance. If you don't enjoy it, you are still young, you still got time. Even when people complain like, oh, you know, in Singapore, if you, uh, if you are a guy, then you go NS, two years wasted. Or if you go uh, normal acad, one year wasted. You go poly, what, another year wasted. I think all this perspective, right, when you are older, you think back, it's ridiculous. It doesn't matter at all. To a 40, 50 year old person, if you are 20 plus year old, right, you are not that old. You still got a lot of time. You are very young. You don't have a family to feed. You don't have any responsibility, major responsibilities. So this is the perfect time, right, to really find what you are interested in that you can kind of accept doing for the rest of your life. Because once you get too old, right, when you have all these responsibilities, you can't just say you want to switch, then you switch. Because, you know, you are jeopardizing your stability, your income will drop, your income will change. And then at that time, you have bills to pay, mouths to feed. And that's how it is. So when you are young, you still got time, like maybe from 20s to 30, right? There will be a lot of time and a lot of opportunities for you to change. And that's where you really need to figure out and keep trying different things. And even if you hate trying different things, at least you should try to some extent. Because at the end of the day, it will really bite you in the back if you don't do these kind of things, like if you don't really explore. You're going to be doing it for the rest of your life. And that doesn't really hit you once you start working. And when it hits you, then you really feel it. Once you feel it, then, I mean, you have a shorter time, like in your 20s you're in uni you don't really care but then once you start working 25 years old then you start feeling it then you have about five years to decide law. five years is still a long time i would suggest if you don't like your job you should definitely think about changing it's all right if you you know think that you're restarting but you rather restart now than restart later in your life right and even if you go later to, in your life you can still restart nobody is judging you because everybody's life is different right we are running different races here you are an individual unique person so if you want to restart you might be an expert in finance now you are doing well in the finance job but you don't enjoy it you can just restart if you are interested in human development then go join talent development besides the career advice a person shared another piece of advice that i thought that is very useful for me was learn mindfulness and self-awareness establish your boundaries and respect them and yourself acknowledge when people treat you poorly and don't let yourself be taken advantage of or hang on to relationships that have run their course. I think this is very useful because I've done mindfulness meditation for two years in uni. 
and it was very useful. Why I stopped doing that is because I think life just sometimes throws you a curveball and it disrupts your habits. And I always thought that after doing that particular like habit right for one year, most likely it will stick forever, right? But that's not always the case, even though like online self-help gurus or self-help book will say, you know, if you do it long enough, it will become a habit. A habit can still be disrupted by major life events. And in this case, it was disrupted. But the good thing about this disruption was that the positive part is I realized the difference between doing it and not doing it, how my life feels like and how my mental health feels like. And I realized there's a huge difference. When I was doing it, I couldn't tell, you know, what kind of benefits it gave me. I just do it every day and I kind of have faith and trust in it, right? And I can see like, you know, there are some slight changes here. I can, I become more aware of my own emotions. I become more aware of my surroundings. And when bad things happen to me, I can be aware of the situation, be conscious of it and not let that take over me entirely. I won't feel so emotional and get so jaded very easily, even though I'm still feeling sad or I'm still feeling angry. I can recognize that and not let it sway me that much. And only after I stopped doing it, then I realized, you know, my whole mind just goes back into autopilot mode. Then when bad things happen, then your mind just reacts negatively without any kind of sense of objectiveness or sense of like mindfulness or awareness. You are just reacting to things and this can affect you because when you react to things, it kind of aggravates it, right? Makes things worse. And all these bad things that happen stays in my mind longer. I don't kind of check myself that much because I, I become less self-aware after that. But the thing here is that even if you do two years or one year, or even if you know the practice, right, it still sticks with you. You will sometimes still be able to remind yourself that, oh, this is how I'm feeling right now. And you can catch yourself, hey, I'm getting taken over by this emotion and I should just kind of calm down and just re-evaluate what is going on right even with one day of practice two days or one week there will still be some sort of benefits there but doing it for a long term doing it every day will be a lot more useful here and this is something that i'm trying to get back into like at the start of the year next year or even starting now i think there's a huge issue where i feel that you know everything you just push next year next year you know new year's resolution i think some of these things that can start now can start now like the gym okay gym costs money money very important to me the one need more evaluation can wait later but this one is more of like i can start doing it now i can start meditating be aware then i should do it now right and this is something that i need to really commit to and hold myself to these kind of like standards and really just keep trying and in some ways talking about this kind of advices also help me reflect on what i need to do and also what is lacking in my life and I should probably do it. So one of it is the mindfulness and self-awareness part. I suppose some of you who are listening to this might have tried to get into mindfulness and self-awareness kind of meditation. And it can be quite challenging because if you have never done it before, you'll become like, you'll be like, eh, so distracting. I don't feel any benefits. And rest assured, that's how you feel when you first start. Just like any kind of activity that requires some sort of skills. You know, it's achievable, but you will still need practice. As a newbie, right, you will of course feel challenged and frustrated because you haven't been doing this for a lot. This is like a skill that you have to build up over time. And this is like any other skills, being mindfulness and being self-aware. Because the, the sad part about this is that the school doesn't train you in these kind of things. You have to kind of figure it out yourself and find out about these things yourself and really just keep doing it and keep practicing. And I think if you feel that, you know, you lose interest, you get distracted and you might feel that, you know, this is not for me. 
maybe it's just a matter of uh the medium that you're consuming the medium that you're using i was also like you guys where when i first started like you know this whole thing you know people introduced me to like a headspace app then i thought hey okay sounds interesting sounds like it's right along my alley i will try it but then at that time it just didn't really you know happen like nothing happened i used the app for a while then i just lost interest and i don't think that's a real issue here it's more of like you know this doesn't work for you maybe try another way maybe you prefer reading maybe you prefer more visual like uh, watching videos all of these concepts at the end of the day are very similar it can be communicated through different mediums and if you feel that videos are going to be more interesting and you know having videos that teach these concepts with an element of story relevance then maybe that's the best way to do it i would suggest that if you are really keen on this and feel that the benefits is very good for you and relevant in your life you should just keep trying different mediums try the app try the videos uh try reading articles uh, look up reddit there will be a lot of advice there where you can just kind of figure out which is the best way to pick this up and i think at the end of the day once you pick it up right a lot of these other mediums becomes a lot easier to kind of take up because at the start you know like what i mentioned headspace app was quite challenging to get into because i have no context right then suddenly you want me to uh, do meditation then i don't know what to do there's no instruction i'm someone that i need to be spoon fed i really need to know the practice in and out what's the theory what's the logic what's the end goal in mind right and i think the problem here was that headspace didn't provide the kind of guidance i needed and even like apps like calm where it kind of gives you guided tours guided meditation but it doesn't explain the deeper part i think it's more of like casual like let's just get you started three minutes in and if you can feel benefits you will start doing it that's their approach and their logic but for me even if i can feel any benefits i'm not going to commit to it and at that time i didn't feel much because three minutes i don't think is enough and that's why at the end of the day what started me going was i watched some videos it was very helpful i really learned a lot and i really see the logic and the reasoning and how it can help my life as a result i was able to take up the app headspace to help me to guide me through these things because there's some sort of solid foundation and understanding of what is going on right so if you're like me maybe you can consider that yeah so these are all the top relevant advices i hope some of it is relevant to you yeah so that's the end of the podcast i hope you guys you know found it useful and if you are interested in supporting this podcast you can go to patreon.com slash podcast for a very cheap price of a taping you can get additional podcast episodes per month and you know if you have been enjoying it so far i suggest you check out the patreon and if you want to support this podcast allowing me to create video podcasts creating live streams and even explore other different kind of content your support is really going to help me do all these things so that's the end and i hope you guys have a good week ahead and i will see you guys next week